0: Hello, everybody. It's been a little while. I apologize about that. Um, My name is Michael Eisner, and this is the AS, the uh, Ankylosing Spondylitis Natural Health Podcast. And today we have Haley Moten. Yes? Yes. Yes. All the way from Perth, Australia. Um, So uh, I guess it's first thing in the morning, and it's uh, late evening for me um in toronto and um she's 26 years old and she lives in perth and she's been a teacher now for five years uh but she said she did her apprentice or were you no you were a
1: it was like
0: a workplace student workplace student at 16 years old which blew my mind because you were already kind of working at you know like a real professional job at 16 that Led you into yeah. this great career. And you're 26 years old. You've yeah. already been teaching for five years. So that's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So somewhere in there, you got, uh, you got very sick uh, with a bunch yeah. of autoimmune conditions. So our whole yeah. purpose, my whole purpose with this podcast is to just bring awareness to people who are suffering or who have symptoms, autoimmune conditions, um, and Uh, believe that there might be a way that they can get better and that they can get better without the use of medication, without diet, maybe. And so Mm -hmm. you trained with someone who I know very well, who I interviewed, well, I don't know very well, but I interviewed her on this. She healed herself as well from AS and a bunch of different uh, conditions. So yeah, um, she's
1: amazing. (laughs) She's
0: amazing. We'll talk about her later on some more and what you learned from her. Um, But for now, If you wouldn't mind, can you start Mm -hmm. by telling me um, how old you were when your symptoms began?
1: Okay, so I first, I'd always been a child who was had gastro, flu, sore stomach, anxious. And then in 2009, I was really, really sick, and the doctors didn't know what I had, but they had diagnosed me with glandular fever. So from that point forward in 2009, it was a spiral effect of illness after illness after illness. So in 2010, I was then diagnosed with Graves' disease, so a hyperactive thyroid. So I was emotional, I was really, really tired all the time. I had just started university, so that was another stress to that. Uh, My liver was working extremely fast. I um, was eating lots because your metabolism was working overtime, but I was gaining weight at the same time, so it was a lose-lose situation. Um, And then I was always tired and I was always achy, but no one actually knew what was going on. So I was put on two tablets. I had to see a um, endocrinologist within three weeks to get medicated and back on track. And then from there, it was just up, down, up, down. And then um, in, I continued, always tired. Then they took me off the medication as what they had classed I was in remission um, however I still had lots of problems I suffered with anxiety um, had IBS but it was a vomiting type IBS and stomach cramping so whenever I had let me see, whenever I had an assignment during an exam I'd be in the toilet vomiting beforehand um, so then it led into 2000 and, 2004 2014, I um, found an amazing doctor and she actually listened to all my symptoms and um, she discovered that from a blood test I'd had back in 2009, that I had then encountered complex regional pain syndrome. So in my left arm, I'd lost all sensation, lost all movement, Um was in constant pain if the weather changed, my arm would change. Um, so I was diagnosed with that and then she looked into my tiredness and she noticed that my tonsils were massive. So had those removed in hopes that my fatigue would improve, um, but it didn't actually got worse. And so I... Had told her how I had constant had constant pain, and she sent me to a rheumatologist, thinking that I had um, rheumatoid arthritis. But it turned out that they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia. So in two, that was in two thousand and sixteen. Two thousand sixteen. <laughs> yeah. So two. So I'd been on this journey for about six years of just constant pain, constant sinus infections, constant fatigue, Um, and then in that moment, they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. And when you put a name to something, that's when your world kind of changes. So she pretty much just said, Panadols for the rest of your life, bed rest for the rest of your life, and you'll be good to go. So (laughs) she dished, like, pretty much discharged me and said she didn't need to see me again, but things were getting worse quite rapidly. So I'd, my fibromyalgia would um, flare up, so my body would be like growing pain. Um, Something that I had suffered since I was a kid, I'd always have constant growing pains, and now they say that that's a sign of fibromyalgia. So I had constant pain, clothes would hurt, people couldn't touch me, um, my feet would swell so I couldn't, couldn't wear shoes. I was just in constant flight mode, so mm. I didn't know what was mm. going on around me. Um, but... I was coping, so I'd have moments where I'd have big anxiety attacks because I was just worn out. And um, they sent me to a pain specialist who said I was doing everything right but put me on a natural compound. And my world did start to change then. But I knew...
0: A natural compound.
1: Yeah. Oh, um. Yes, a natural compound called uh, PEA.
0: Were you on medication before?
1: Uh, I was only on um, pain relief.
0: Pain relief. So
1: I was taking tramadol, and um, Panadine Fort, and Advil.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, uh, and I was taking anti-anxiety meds. Okay. So they were all that they had put me on because that's all they knew would kind of try and numb the pain in some way. Um, And the anti-anxiety medication they had put me on said that it worked with your nervous system in terms of calming the pain. But it didn't touch the side and I had to change the anxiety medication a number of times because it had an adverse reaction and I'd ended up end up in a depression and really really angry with the world and everyone around me. Hmm. So I ended up finding one called Symbolta, which in some way did help, but it kind of just masked the pain. It didn't actually fix me as
0: such. okay.
1: Um, so, I was also in 2014 diagnosed with celiac disease, so I can't have wheat and gluten, which they think is all linked to autoimmune disorders. So, that was my health journey up until I went to the pain specialist and... I was in a room with women who were sixty, seventy year, years old, who had suffered pain for twenty odd years, and they were giving these coping mechanisms, which which weren't realistic. They weren't weren't goals that could be maintained. And in that moment, I said that I said, "Well, how how else can we fix this? Like, what's another way that I can?" No, I have pain. And a lady turned to me and she said, this is your life. You're going to have to suck it up or deal with it. You haven't really got a choice. And I think that was my opening to go and search for other things.
0: Yes. (laughs) Hopefully. So what did you do? How did you search for other things?
1: So I... I knew Lauren from high school, so we had the same friendship Lauren, group.
0: Lauren Parker.
1: Lauren Parker, yep, from Shape Your Reality. Yeah, so she went to a different high school to me, but we had mutual friends. Okay. Oh, so we'd often see each other. And... She was working at a um, cafe that my mum would go to on a Saturday morning and my mum would come home and she'd say, Hayley, you need to do this. Lauren's done this amazing course, neuro-linguistic programming. I think you need to do it. And I was still in a bit of denial that I couldn't be fixed. So... I kept saying, no, I don't need that, I don't need that, I'm fine, I'm okay, putting the mask up, however, I was in extreme pain, um, and it wasn't until about probably six months later, I decided that I couldn't live the life that I was living anymore, so I looked into what Lauren was posting on Facebook and Instagram, and... That's when I made contact with her.
0: Did you take the neuro-linguistics program first?
1: Yes, I did. So I ended up, she ended up, when I initially spoke to her, she didn't have any spots available. So we caught up for coffee. At the time, I had a swollen knee and um, was unable to walk properly. Like it was doubled inside. There was so much fluid caught in there. And I met with her, and the second we started talking about health and what was going on, I just knew that it was something that I had to try and do, whether it would be then or three months time. So she gave me—I think she gave me a few tips. She said to me, "Why is your knee swollen?" I said, "Well, I don't know." And she said, what, it was my feminine side. So they talk about feminine and masculine masculine side. And she said, well, there's some kind of girl who's trying to control you. And in that moment, I was like, "Uh, what, how do you know that? Um, So I worked through that a little bit and... She messaged me a couple of, I think it was two weeks later, and she said, Hayley, I've got a spot open for you. One of my clients have canceled. And so that was the beginning of my healing journey from that point forward.
0: Okay. So uh, take me from the beginning of when you started working with her. What? What did you learn from her? What were the first things she started working on you with?
1: How did it go? Yeah. So the first thing we started looking at was my illnesses. So what illnesses I had and what – because neuro-linguistic programming is you wanting to work with your body as much as your body is wanting to work with you, your mindset. And so um, the first thing we did was I had to note every illness I had when it occurred and big life-changing events that had happened throughout my life and we looked at what the impact the illnesses, the sorry, the events were having as well as the um, what the illnesses were trying to teach me or trying to convey what message they were trying to convey. So that was our starting point, And I remember writing out all my illnesses and thinking... How how am I even functioning? How am I even still here? Because it's confronting when you have to list something and put it on paper because that's when it's like, aha, uh-huh, okay. Um, So you, I sent that off to Lauren. Lauren looks at it. She looks at the metaphysics. So what's the message? What's the meaning? And then we met in my first session, I think it was my first session, yeah, and we went through it all. And everything she had said met how I was feeling. So, for example, um, autoimmune illnesses are a reflection of you attacking yourself, attacking your body, attacking who you are, and I did that on a daily basis. Hmm. So no wonder my body had gone in this state of illnesses full of it because i wasn't kind to myself i was kind to everyone else around me but i was forgetting the most important person and so, that was me
0: what exactly were you when you say you weren't being kind to yourself what how would you describe that what were you doing what was your state
1: i i didn't know who i was as a person i I put so much pressure on myself to do these things and even though I'd meet them they weren't good enough they weren't good enough for me and I wasn't satisfied with getting a pass in an exam for example or a pass in an assignment I'd look in the mirror and I'd think you're fat you're ugly you're not worth anything I didn't I didn't love who I was and throughout my time being sick I'd have breakdowns of just saying I don't love myself I don't know who I am I I I allowed people to treat me badly and believe what they said like friends would go you're not a good friend or you've only got this you've only got this because of me and but in actual fact that was all me and I wasn't I wasn't satisfied. I, I knew I could do better. It didn't matter what I did, there was still better that I had to do. And so that—that that was me attacking myself. If I put clothes on, I'd go, "Oh no, I'm fat. I'm ugly. That get that off. I'm not wearing that." I'd change my outfit a hundred times before I even left the house because I didn't look good enough. I um how would people like me if I didn't look good enough? And I always had this perception that people didn't like me and it was because I didn't like myself. Um, so it was really confronting when you, when you hear that you're attacking yourself and you don't even realise you're doing it. So that was probably my main starting point. Wow. Wow liking who I was and appreciating who I was and being proud of what I was. I remember graduating uni and I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy that I had achieved such a major goal in your life. And I just put a smile on, like, yeah, nah, i just brush over it. Um, so there was so much going on that I didn't even realise it was going on. So then
0: what um so what were the steps what how did you change that how did you change that mindset those patterns and turn that around
1: yeah so you go with lauren i went through a 12 week well i actually finished a bit earlier and um, so it's normally 12 weeks but i finished i think in about 10 or 11 and um, so it was things like – so we went – there was a bit of a process, but I can't remember the exact order. So I'll just go through what we did. Um, so we did learning about letting go. So you do a light hypnosis and you go back into the main event where people had hurt you or you'd hurt others and you'd let it go. So Lauren does a bit of – it's a bit – she – does a bit of a meditation script like hypnosis and so you remember it and you let it go um we did limiting beliefs so I had to write down beliefs in my home school um workplace personal life so what I believed I thought was true so if I wasn't busy excuse me if I wasn't busy or if I wasn't doing something I thought I was being unproductive where so i wasn't being I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do and in actual fact, if I wasn't resting, I was being unproductive because I wasn't giving my chance myself a chance to just be in the be and relax and just sit and watch TV that was something I never did because I thought if I'm not doing something i'm not I'm not being productive I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do so and things like if if I didn't do what somebody told me to do, well then they wouldn't like me. So that's being unproductive. That's a belief that's not a realistic belief. And um there was other ones like if I didn't if I didn't look good then people wouldn't be my friend and if I didn't say yes to everything I was asked to do then I would I would be I would be alone. I'd have no one around me. And one word that I found really, really hard to say was "No." So when someone asked me to do something and it didn't it didn't align with my belief, then I would just do it instead of saying, "No, sorry that that's not what I want to do." So the power of yes and no was so big for me. Um, we also did mirror work, which, is probably my most favourite thing to do now, but at the start was the most confronting thing to do. So you look in the mirror and you have to, well, you don't have to, but you say the things that you like about yourself. And the first time I looked in the mirror at Lauren's and the only thing that I could like was my hair. So the, the one thing out of everything was my hair. And that's when you go, uh, okay, we've got a bit of an issue here. And so you do mirror work and you look in the mirror and you appreciate every inch of yourself. You appreciate your arms for for guiding you and being able to cook and clean. You thank your legs for walking you around life. You thank your eyes for allowing you to see what you can see. Um. Because I also had sorry, I forgot this one, I also have had glasses since I was um seven years old, and last year it, it was getting progressively worse, and last year the the eye specialist was she was doing my test and she was looking at me weirdly, and she was going to her computer, and she's like, "This has never happened before." and I was like, "Sorry, what?" And she goes, your eyes, they're getting better. I have to lessen your script. And she just, she couldn't believe how that had happened. But I was seeing the world in such a different way that my eyesight had even improved. And so you do your limiting beliefs, you do your mirror work when you're looking in the mirror and appreciating your whole self. We did um, goal setting, so how to actually set goals and how to work towards them we did, we spoke about words and, you know, it's okay to have opinions. I never had an opinion. I never said what I actually was thinking in my mind. I'd only say what the per- people wanted to hear. And um, so we speak about words and opinions and, you know, it's okay for people to not like you and it's because you're not everyone's cup of tea. And you... You learn that what others think of you is none of none of your business. So if someone thinks you're ugly, or if someone thinks who's 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 to say you're allowed to have that opinion and say someone's ugly? Like we're all beautiful, and so things like that that just it made a whole world of difference. And because I started loving who I was and appreciating who I was as a person, I changed my mindset. I started to avoid words such as not don't won't um my body had gone into a state of okay we can let all these illnesses go they no longer serve a purpose you've you've understood our messages we've sent to you and so that that's what led to where I am today
0: Um, so how long that only took you 10, 10 weeks?
1: So it took, yeah. So it took about 10, 11 weeks to get, so I started to see the pain, um, go away in about week three, week four of the course. Okay. So I pretty much went in and was like, I'm, you have to be open to it. It's not something you can just go in lightly. You have to be committed it's a lifestyle change. It's not a quick fix. Um, it's not something that you can just do and then after the course go back to old habit. Um, you know, I have gratitude. I am grateful every single day for at least three things that have happened. It's it's so it, it's. I had to go home and I had to reflect on what I learned. So in about week three or four, I started to see all the signs, started to see all the illnesses just fade away. I started to notice that I'd wake up and not have to physically move my legs out of bed. I started to notice that I could wear shoes all day and, and not have to take them off. But I noticed that I had this abundant amount of energy that I didn't know what to actually do with because... I could barely hold 300 grams with my hand, let alone get out of bed jumping. Um, so it was pretty remarkable and sometimes hard to believe and also scary because it was all I knew that I was Haley. I was sick. I didn't know Haley, who was happy and full of life. Like, who was this new person? So... I had to then, you know, adjust again because people saw me, had only seen me as a sick person. They didn't believe who this new, my friends call it pre-Haley when I was sick and post-Haley where she's this different person. So I did lose a lot of friends Hmm. because of what I did do. And... That was okay that I've come to the terms that that's okay as well the NLP isn't for everybody but my goodness it's the best thing I've ever done and Lauren is my hero she's my inspiration she's if I, without her I probably wouldn't be where I am today oh. um so it was pretty it was a pretty remarkable journey I'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs>
0: um what are so,
1: your daily practices So every day I um at the end of every day I do my gratitude journal so I either either I say it out loud or I write it down um of what I'm grateful for I also look in the mirror every day and I say what I'm grateful about my body, but I also thank my body and I also identify what I love about myself and my body. And I um, also do I am statements. So I am statements, it's so simple but yet so powerful. So I might say I am beautiful, I am powerful, I am deserving of unconditional love, I am I am strong. So it just, it's all, it's, it's just having a positive spin on things and I no longer, so they say depression is when you're living in the past and anxiety is when you're living in the future. Well, now I live in the present because you got to treasure every moment that you have and that you're in because without it, you're just going to continue to suffer and it's something that we need to talk more about I think mm-hmm. um, so yeah they're my daily practices and you know it's not I don't always have a hunky-dory day it's not always sunshine and rainbows there's lessons coming to me every other every other day there's times where I've where I've cried uncontrollably because something hasn't gone my way and there's times where I've been angry and all of those things, but I now understand my emotions, and I understand that there's a meaning. And so, look into that and see see what they mean and what what I'm trying to learn.
0: Okay.
1: So, it's like a classroom out of your body, really.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Did, okay. So, beyond your training with Lauren Parker, did you take mm-hmm. the NLP course?
1: No, I thought so I haven't done it. I'm not a coach. I just did, so, because Lauren is a coach, I did it with her.
0: Did it with her, right, okay, yeah, cool. so she
1: takes me through the steps.
0: Wow, very cool. Yeah.
1: It's maybe something that I'll look down the track, look into down the track. Right. But at the moment, I'm happy just sharing my journey on Instagram or mm. um, with people who ask me and things like that, because a lot of people are closed off to the idea of, Getting rid of your illnesses because that's all they know
0: yes right can you can you talk maybe a, a little bit about that because i mean that that's something that i'm uh, fascinated by curious about um, you know why why does this podcast why does this topic appeal to some people and then not others do you have
1: for me at the beginning when people were telling well, when my mum was telling me to do that course, it, I I didn't know my identity. I didn't know who real Hayley was. I I think for some people, when you've lived in such a state for such a long time, you lose reality. And that's that's what Lauren calls her business. Shape your reality. And You have this idea, this reality that your pain is your life and you're not going to be without pain. And so when someone says to you, you can change that, it's a frightening step to take. You're going to lose the identity that you've become attached to and um, you might not know. It's the fear of the unknown. You're not going to know what type of person you're going to come out as. Because you don't I I didn't understand what happiness was. I only knew sad because that was my reality. I was sad, my body was sad, it hurt. Um and so when you have to let that person go to to grow into another person, it's a frightening experience because you don't know how people around you are going to react. You don't know if this is going to be something that's going to last forever. You don't know, I didn't know, I didn't know any different. I only knew where I was and that's what I had shaped into from such a young age because I had always um, been been sick. So to be someone else is, is a frightening step to take and, um, and, you know, I had a conversation with one of my really good friends last night and she was asking me about NLP and about what I did and she said, I really want to do that, Hayley, but I'm not ready. And I said, what do you mean you're not, you're not ready? What is it that you're not ready about? And she said, I'm not ready to let go of what I had. And I said, yeah. And she said, I'm not ready to let go of people that, have always been a part of my life because sometimes that's what happens and she said I said okay so is it the fear of not knowing what's coming up next and she said yes and I said but what about what could be now and she said possibly I would be okay with that so it's I think it's just you're letting go of things that you loved or you thought you loved. It's letting go of people that have, you know, probably have treated you badly but you love dearly. And it's things you want people. I, yeah, it's. I think it's more about just letting go of that identity. And for some people, like myself, that's really hard to do. It's
0: what we're comfortable with. And, yeah, you know, and you're like in a comfort zone. It is. so hard it's to step It's exactly out of it. that.
1: Yeah, okay. you become...
0: What would my life look like? How would I function yeah. outside of yeah. that? And, and I think just that feeling of even moving towards a new possibility is scary. Yeah. And feels yeah. uncomfortable. Hard. And I, I remember thinking, what would it be like if I... I remember getting to that point and I felt a lot of resistance and anger and suspicion... Yeah. And, um, uh, it was hard. It was hard getting over that to take the jump, to just have, to just jump and go for it Mm -hmm. and know that I was really tired and sick and to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. So
1: no. And Um, I think it sometimes takes a breaking point to realize that a change is
0: needed. Yeah. Yes yeah tell, tell me more about finding who you are
1: it kinda i want to say it just not just happened, but I slowly moved into that person, so i looking in the mirror. And being confronted by only knowing liking my hair and that was that and having that, I think you I think I was like there's actually I was confronted by that. And I think I was like I think that was my turning point where I was like, actually, I'm not just my hair. I'm so much more than just my hair. (laughs) I'm a daughter and I'm a sister and I'm a granddaughter and I'm a niece and I'm a friend and then I look deeper into that and I'm a teacher I'm 26 years old and then I look deeper into that okay right so I'm I'm a person who will help people and I'm a person who so yet, yet again it's those I am statements I am strong and I am someone who is capable of being pain-free and I am um, kind and loyal and all of those things, it eventually outweighed the pain. So it outweighed my illnesses because I was no longer feeding the illnesses. I was feeding myself and it's in a way food for your body it's food for thought it's um feeding yourself with nutrition but in a mindset way um it I didn't change my diet once in the whole process except for not having um wheat because of celiac disease um it literally feeding yourself with so much love and positivity and kindness that you just overflow with so much of it. Your words are the most powerful thing in this world. You know, it was things like not saying sorry for every little thing that I did. Sorry was the only word I'm pretty sure that was in my vernacular. I'd say sorry for just bumping past you I'd say sorry for if you didn't take my joke and things like that so it really was about changing my words and making that like you know instead of saying my day was busy I say my day is full because I'm so lucky to actually have a full day some people don't don't have those opportunities and That's when I started to really notice who I was. People around me were noticing who I actually was. I'd reconnected with friends because they they could see how much effort I was putting into myself. And I think if you are thankful for yourself, other people are going to honour that. People who are meant to be around you will honour that. And that also plays an impact on who you are. If, you know, I can say to somebody, you're kind, you're, you're friendly, but unless you believe that, it's not going to mean anything. So believing in yourself is also another powerful thing because how else, how else are you going to change the ways unless you believe?
0: Tell me more about um, learning to say no. You talked about it a little bit it's just it's something that I have struggled with uh, quite a lot I think.
1: How did you yeah, become aware so, of it
0: and like coming up to those points where uh where you had an opportunity to say yes or no and how did you change that habit?
1: Yeah, so it's a really really hard habit. I don't know one movie that always comes to mind when I think of no is my all-time favorite movie 27 Dresses and she's a yes person. And this this reporter says to her, you need to start saying no. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a no person. And he says, have a drink of my water. Uh, can I have a drink of your water? And she's like, yes. And he's like, no, you're supposed to say no. So that's one thing that always reminds me of it. So I... I really, really struggled getting the word no out of my mouth. So if someone said, Hayley, I've you're going to Garden City or a shopping centre and I've got an order waiting there, do you mind picking it up? I'd go, Yeah, 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 no worries, no worries. Well, I wasn't actually gonna go to Garden City that day. I was going the next day, but I'd make a special trip out because I couldn't say no. Um so the Biggest turning point in my life was I went. Some some girls wanted to talk about a particular topic, and it wasn't the right time, and it wasn't the right moment, and I just didn't want to talk about it. And I said, "No, sorry, I'm not having this discussion with you right now." And the person kind of went, "Well, we are." And I said, "No, we're not. I'm not talking about this right now." And from that moment, I had lost some friends, some really, really good friends, but I'd also validated myself and I'd also made this massive leap in who I was because I finally said no. I finally stood out for what I believed in. So I actually fell into the trap the other day of going to say yes and then I was like, nope, nope, sorry, that doesn't suit me. So it's it's about you're not saying no in a horrible way, you're saying no in a way that aligns with what you believe and who you are. So I don't know for example, someone says I've got this load of work for you to do, I need you to do it by tomorrow. Old Haley would have said, Yep, no worries and worked all night to get it done. New Hayley would probably say, Sorry, that's not that's not realistic. That's not doable. You'll have to wait until I get it done. And how people take your words is not on you. So if I say, and um, oh, I can't think of something on my mind, but if I say something and that person doesn't like it, that's not your fault because you're speaking your truth and you're speaking what, what matters to you and that's okay so if you say no, it doesn't actually work with me, that's okay because the other person is just not used to you saying no. And you can say it in such a nice way that you're being, you're being polite about it. It's not about being mean or horrible or anything about that. It's actually just standing up for whats what it is. So now I say, oh, no, sorry, unfortunately, I can't do that, or no, that, um, unfortun So I used to give excuses. So instead of saying no, I'd say excuses. So I'd say, someone would say, do you want to come out tonight? I'd say, oh, I'm really sick. I can't move. I'm just really tired. I can't make it. Sorry, I'm really sorry. Sorry, I can't make it. And now if it's something that I don't want to do, like go out with my friends, I say, oh, unfortunately I can't make it tonight or unfortunately I'm just going to stay in tonight. So I don't even give – I used to give reasons as to why I didn't want to do something. Now I don't give a reason because it's not other people's business. If I don't want to do something, I don't want to do something and that's okay. Um, I think we forget that it's okay to not do things because someone else wants you to we live in a bit of a lifestyle that we have to do things to make others happy. And that's, that's not realistic long-term because you burn out.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I
1: don't know. Does that make sense?
0: No, it totally does. A hundred percent. It makes incredible sense. I think it was incredibly insightful and like yeah. and for me extremely useful and um and i think it applies to a lot of the people that listen or maybe suffer from autoimmune conditions i mean a lot of the folks that i've talked to on this podcast probably would be able to relate to that a great deal yeah. being a people pleaser and being kind yeah. and always trying to do the right thing and all that is yeah. is very very common um
1: definitely
0: among us folks so it's uh you described it very well, thank you very much okay. yeah it's extremely extremely <laughs> helpful you're very you're very good, you're very good at what you do at speaking <laughs> thank you. um uh doing doing what's best for you i mean we kind of covered that, but mm-hmm. um is there anything else you had to say insight about doing what's best for you
1: i think it. It also comes down to comfort zone. So, you know, when you, when someone gives you an opportunity and you're comfortable with it, that's all well and good and it's safe. It's a safe thing to do, but sometimes you have to go out of that comfort zone and, and really look into it and say, is this something that aligns with who I am? Does it align with the beliefs that I have? Um, does it, Is it going to work for me long-term? I always think long-term things. Um, Is it maintainable? Because we say we we, we do things just because we think that's the right thing and sometimes you have to take the risk and do it. And that's something else that was really hard for me to do and was risk-take and believe that everything would be okay at the end of the day, you know, I'm doing this program, I've become a real believer in what's meant to be will be and, you know, you're on a journey and it doesn't matter what journey or what path you take, you're always going to end up where you need to be and that was something that I really took on from doing the course with Lauren, everything is Taking you where you're supposed to be at the end of the day, and if that means you've got a few hurdles along the way, then so be it, so be it instead of shutting down and closing off and giving up. I now look I now know that I can get through it because I can get through anything if i can if I can go into remission for a year on autoimmune diseases, well, then I'm powerful enough to get through little hurdles, and that's something that I think we all need to. To take on board and start believing, because so much worth pushing through than giving up and living a miserable life. Like there's so much more out there than being sick. I think, and that was something that was really hard to learn, but it was so worth it once you come to understand that. Mm -hmm. So that's you know that's something that I would definitely add to doing what what's right for you. And sometimes people, people will continue to play the victim card and that's right for you in that stage, but then there comes another time where that no longer serves its purpose and no longer does what's right for you. Everyone else decides what's right for you instead of you making those decisions. So I think that's something that I would add to that. Um
0: yeah. How would you how would you describe the the transition to believing in yourself and what it is like what what was it like before and what is it like now to believe so, in yourself?
1: Pre Haley, so this was sick Haley never believed in herself, always had self-doubt, always always believed that I couldn't do it, even though I could do it. And pre-Haley would use words like, I can't do it. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not even going to try and do it. Um, but post-Haley now will say, I'll give that a try. It, you know, it works with your growth mindset. I will give it a try. I will – I can do this. I can I, – I am amazing enough to do this, and all things like that. Um, that you is it, it, it's something so hard to describe because when you start believing in yourself, you have this un, undescribable happiness and undescribable feeling. Of joy that you, that you are capable. You are capable of so much more than what your, what your mind tries and tricks you and tells you to try and believe. You are capable of so much more than you will ever think if you put your mind to it. You know, the power of the mind is so powerful in that sense. You know, I something, for example, something so little I didn't think I could rock climb. I wasn't going to try rock climbing. I'm not strong enough for that. That was old Hayley. New Hayley is like, well, I've built my strength up. I'm no longer pain-free. What's stopping me? So I go and try and do the rock climbing. You fall down five times but you're still giving it a go and that's the main thing is just, having a go at life, having a go at um, uncovering these strengths that you may not have ever seen before, but when you give it a try and they come out, it's pretty amazing. Mm
0: -hmm. Incredible. (laughs) You you, you describe all this very well. I think it's extremely useful. Like, I I just think... Listening to this um is such a good reminder, I think, for folks who have been through this kind of process and also yeah. people who are just entering it. It's so reaffirming yeah. and then people who are curious about it knowing that this is what it looks like to get better. And the buzzer yeah. thing is like we're we're not even we're not talking about diet, we're not talking about None. the pain, we're not talking about how horrible None. things were. We're talking about None. becoming a happier person person yeah. uh yeah. the truer version of who you are and letting go yeah. of old habits yeah and being willing habits to make those changes. Is a massive habits yeah tell me about that yeah tell me i
1: think i think the saying is it takes 31 days to change a habit or 28 days or something to change a habit and when you are so deep in a habit trying to break that habit is so hard and you know just your words for example changing those words is a habit it's something that now i do every day i i um i speak to other people and i say well well, what do you like about yourself? That's the one thing I always ask. What's the one thing you like about yourself? And they're like, nothing. Oh, I don't know. I like I like, I like, like my eyes. And I'm like, yeah, but what else do you like about yourself? And, you know, they're habits that, that you've become so accustomed to in that you've only liked one thing about yourself for so long. The habit is you have to change that in order for it to become – your life and, you know, you have the habit of biting your nails. Well, break that habit and look for something else, something else that's going to serve you, something else that's going to, to make you who you are. And, um, you know, there's things like... um. And eating for example I had this habit of eating when I was sad I had this habit of eating when when I couldn't cope and I would eat potato chips like no tomorrow because that was my favorite thing and it became a habit so every time I was sad I'd go straight for the chips now when I'm sad I go to my journal and I reflect on what it is that I'm sad about so it's It's breaking things that you are used to. It's breaking your familiarity and creating new habits that really reinforce who you are as a person. And so that's why they're so powerful because they change who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is really important.
0: And the advantage of working with a coach like Lauren Parker at Shape Your Reality Mm -hmm. is that... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that did she she walks you through how to create new habits and gives you support yeah. in doing that?
1: Yeah, she does, and you're accountable for it. So she'll do check-ins, and you do a reflection journal, and you're paying for it. So, you know, if you're paying for something... You're gonna to stick to it. And Lauren guides you through all of those things. She's there every step of the way. She's that she's just incredible. And she teaches you how to break those cycles and how to create new habits and what the habits might mean for you. And looks into it in an emotional state. So, what's the emotion behind that habit? And um that is something that is priceless. It's you can't put price on your health. And I would pay if I I would pay Lauren a trillion times more than what she charges because it is life changing. It is something that is just you can't put a price tag on it because you come out you come out but you you are a total different person to when you start with. She t- takes photos, so she takes a photo from when you f- the first session that you take, and then she ta- you take a photo on the last session, and no filters are used. And I remember thinking, "Are you serious? Surely a filter is used because <laughs> there's no way that can be a person in three months." And when I did it, I was blown away. I was speechless because my goodness did pre-Haley look sick she looked tired she looked worn out she looked like she had nothing left in her she was miserable and then when I had this photo three months later I didn't I couldn't believe it like it literally is speechless like it is your whole, your whole look changes. Your whole, your whole demeanor changes. You do come out a different person, but it outweighs being sick any day. Wow. <laughs> and I think, I think I can say that because I've been through it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely life changing. If you had to say, like, really, what? Your, the biggest difference between you before and you after?
1: Um, The biggest difference I think would have to be that I now appreciate who I am. I now love who I am and it's not in a cocky way. It's not in that type of form at all. It's in a way that I... Love who I am inside and out, and I don't need people to validate that for me. I would seek that from people instead of seeking it from myself and that that in itself is the biggest difference i now I' am now strong enough to say what I think and what I believe and have an opinion. I now take risks, risks, not risks that you're going to end up dying, but risks that further me in my career. And I, I take risks in saying things that people might not agree with and that's okay. They're on a different journey to me. And, you know, I no longer live in in a frightened state, frightened of what is coming, what what will I face? Mm. And I think that is something that was big because I was living in such a future state rather than a present state. And I'm I'm grateful for things now. I never used to understand what grateful meant. I just thought life was what it was and um I I wasn't now I'm truly happy. I'm unconditionally happy, whereas before I just was like, people would say, but you're happy, Hayley. You're happy. And I was like, mm, am I really, though, or is that the mask I'm putting up? But now I no longer wear that mask. And if I'm having a, a day of where I'm not happy and things, people are going to see that because that's who I am and I'm human and everyone's allowed to show their emotions and that's something that we have to we have to work together in knowing that that's okay. It's okay to be sad, and it's okay to be angry, and it's okay to to be happy and have days where you want to scream and shout at people, but also have days where they're the best days of your life. And that's that's the difference between old Haley and new Haley. Is she understands understands emotions and is okay to feel certain ways and understanding that things will always be okay because they they always are and you can get through whatever is thrown at you and I think that's what new Haley has really taken away from doing everything if you can get through if I could get through my past I can get through the future with everything I've learned
0: um people tell me quite often um uh that they really appreciate the podcast and that that it touches them and that it helps so like know that people will listen and that your message is really clear and a message of healing and uh Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i've i've benefited greatly from listening to you
1: oh that's great yeah
0: yeah Um, Before we go, is there anything you can think of that you would like to add that you forgot or that we didn't talk about? Or if you can imagine out there that there are some people that might be listening to this and they might be on the fence, you know, about this kind of work. Um, I I
1: think one of the biggest takeaways is... You do things when you're ready to do them and if that means you listen to this and you're not ready to it but you remember it in five years, ten years' time and you want to take that leap, then I think that's an achievement in itself. Whether you're ready today or you're ready tomorrow, I think you're the only one who can determine your future but I think take the risk, be open to it, and just give it a go. What have you got to lose? You haven't really got anything to lose. You've only got things to gain. And I think that's, that's my one takeaway. Give it a try and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I am proof that it works. <laughs> I'm, def- I'm definitely, well, I believe I'm definitely proof that it, that it works. And like I said, it is the most amazing life-changing thing that I have ever done. And I'm forever grateful to Lauren and all the lessons that she has taught me.
0: Incredible. Um, Okay. I think think that just about covers it. Um, Thanks again. Um,
1: No problem.
0: Yeah. um, I wish you a great day in Perth. And you too. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you everybody for listening. And um, I wish you all a good day as well. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and thanks so much Haley. i wish you uh, no problem thank you, you michael that. it's a true pleasure to meet you okay you too. bye-bye guys thank
1: you bye
0: hello everybody thanks for listening please feel free to subscribe to the show or if you'd like write a review let me know what you think and uh if there's any topics that you'd like covered please let me know favorite episodes all right bye-bye the text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.